0: This week, we have rather a special guest to talk about mindset, goal planning, and projects. Hello, and welcome to a special episode of the Working With Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest to talk about mindset, self discipline, and focus. Simon Jeffries of The Natural Edge. To give you a little background, in 2015, after eight years serving as a special forces soldier in the UK and around the world, Simon swapped the battlefield for the boardroom and joined a management consultancy in London. And as Simon says, it was prestigious and well paid, but it wasn't the right fit. Simon was in a good job and everything seemed sorted. And yet, this idea of feeling lost and lacking in life was driving him crazy. In 2017, Simon quit the good job and decided to follow his passion for coaching. And that's where the current story begins. Thank you, Simon, for joining me today. So, Simon, to get us started, could you give us a brief background where you grew up what's in what inspired you to initially join the military etc
1: yeah so I grew up on a small dairy farm in Worcestershire and I think to be honest I've been asked this question a few times I think it was a combination of growing up in the outdoors so you know going to scouts um lots of camping living in the outdoors And probably watching too many action action movies from the 80s. You know, my era was growing up watching uh, Schwarzenegger and Stallone. um, Mm -hmm. And that probably had an impact. But whatever the reason, something captured my attention around the military, the adventure side, the outdoors, the physical aspect, the mindset component of it. And so from a very young age, that's all I wanted to do. And I was lucky in that sense because it, made the path very clear. You know, I knew all the mm. way through school and college that that's what I wanted to do.
0: Mm. Well, we had the military, when I was at school, we had the military, all three services. I think probably at least twice a year would come to the school um, to do like, not necessarily recruiting drives, but would come and talk about, you know, the Navy, the Army, um, and the Air Force. So you, I, re- I remember all those times when the military used to come across um, and they always look fantastic in their uniforms. <laughs> Even at school, I always thought, mm, "Uniform, that looks really good." <laughs> um, so, but uh, so joining in joining the Royal Marines um, is your first. Now, a few books that I read, and I should just give a bit background: is I got, I started looking into mindset a lot last year because some one of my clients said, "Time management, productivity is all about mindset." And I thought, you know, they're right. So I ran, read Carol Dweck's book, and, and, but I was thinking, no, I want to go to right. Like, where's the elite level? Really practicing it on a daily basis. And I do remember something about that recruiting drive coming through school, if you like, and telling us about, you know, you, you learn discipline, you learn this. And I was really curious about when you joined the the Royal Marines, What were, were you already a disciplined person or did you find that that was kind of Dealt or bred into you over the, I think it's eight months um, re- uh, training for it?
1: Yeah, 30, 32 weeks, um, so eight months uh, mm. for all Marines training. And yeah, I, I was, I would say, fairly disciplined going into it, but it is absolutely bred into you. you know, there's a lot of people that come into it that aren't necessarily or don't have, you know, we call it good admin, um, mm. a huge part of it so much of soldier is dependent on your kit. And so the basics of good admin, that translates through to how well you can perform. It Mm. really is a huge component and that is bred into you from day one, which is obviously why there's so much emphasis on kit. And, you know, we call it being squared away. When you're squared away, mm. you know where everything is. Everything's ready to go. Everything's prepped. Um, and a huge part of that is, and I know you talk a lot about time management, you know, just the simple the simple skill of knowing where everything is at all mm. times. Think of how much time that saves, how much time people spend mm. looking for keys or things like that. And it's something I do carry over you know, everything goes back into the same place. So you just always know where it is. And mm. even, you know, simple things when you're out doing outdoor stuff or say when you're in the military, you know what's in what pocket. So you're always going mm. to that same place. And yeah, it, I, it does make a massive difference. It's a very simple habit.
0: Yeah, um, it, I, it's like Admiral McRaven, <laughs> um with his speech, I think to Texas University, it's like the philosophy of make your bed um every morning it's it's not the i mean it's a two-minute task but his pr- principle is is that it's just something you do and it also you've done the first task of the day so it yeah. gets you it gets you it gets it, the it momentum sets.
1: going exactly it sets mm. i guess it sets the tone it sets the mm. tone and sets your mindset going forward and also you've mm. had that small win yeah yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, you you went into the special forces. So the special forces selection. Now, I think all of us non-military people have heard about it. We always think that it's just like one of the most difficult things you could ever do. But I think I've heard you see it saying that uh, that initial two weeks in the Brecon Beacons in Wales um, is actually the easy part. You just got to wake up every morning and say, I'm going for a walk. <laughs> it's
1: probably a lot more than that, it, but
0: it, it, I think it's a kind of good <laughs> mindset to have. <laughs>
1: it's um it's easy in relation to special force so it's easy for it's easy in relation to that course not easy overall like it's still that that that's probably the point you know i should probably make that clear when i say it's in relation to that course it's the it's you know the easiest component of that testing phase it's really there just to thin out the numbers to to get rid of anyone that's you know just not suitable to take to the jungle phase which is really where selection begins um Mm. and it is you know when you break it down it is going for a walk each day it's just the fact that it's over really arduous terrain carrying Mm. heavy loads but the the thing is everyone who starts that course is physically capable of of at least getting through that phase and Mm. you know physically actually of. of finishing it because they're all, you know, everyone is Royal Marine Commando, parachute regiment, army regiment, whatever it is. Mm. You've done arduous things. When I went on, most people had done a tour of Afghan. So the physical capability was there. Yes, luck plays into it a little bit with rolling your ankle or getting medical, but outside of that, it, it's purely mindset.
0: Mm. So it's like you woke, you're woken up very early in the morning, dumped into a truck, taken out to, the, to Wales and said, right, is is the because I, I believe that you're not allowed to write down the map reference you just have to memorize it
1: yeah I mean you you spend so much time in the hills in the in the build-up to it getting to know it you just take yourself oh, right for yeah take that you take yourself there as many times as possible to to get the lay of the land um mm-hmm. but essentially yeah you, you you know you wake up 5 a.m I did mine in winter drag yourself to The cookhouse, you're forced down. You don't really feel like eating at that time in the morning. Force down as much food as possible. Trudge down to the parade ground. Sit in your bergen, your your rucksack in the drizzle, Mm. and the rain. And then wait for your number to be called. You get on the back of one of those four-ton, you know, the green trucks that you see. Mm. And you're basically on there for an hour or two hours, sort of dozing, trying to get a bit more sleep. And then you arrive somewhere. They don't tell you where it is. You have to work out where you are. And then when it's your turn, you get called up. They'll just ask you, "Show me where, show me where you think you are." Show them, and then like, right, your next grid reference is whatever it is. Show me where that is in the map. You show them, and then you're just off. Um, right. And you do that at each checkpoint. So you get to the next one, and yeah, they'll just tell you the next one. Um, mm. And it's you know, it's eight hours. I think the worst is the boredom. Like it's physically mm-hmm. hard, but it's, it's just for eight hours on your own in your own thoughts. Trudging through really, really shit terrain. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's like Groundhog Day. Mm. So, how do you prepare yourself mentally
0: for that? I mean, it, there's obviously, the first—I guess—the first couple of you know uh, days, it's there's the excitement of like, "Wow, I'm here," <laughs> sort of thing. But you know, when you get a third, fourth, fifth day, and you're you know, you're probably waking up a bit stiff. You've got blisters and uh, and the pain setting in. What's the mindset? How do you get the mindset right to just get up again at five o'clock in the morning, go and eat something you're not ready to eat, um, and as you say, sit on the floor in the drizzle? What as I say, I, I can imagine that initial couple of days, maybe three or four days, is like, wow, I'm here, I'm the excitement of it. But you know, it's it's two weeks, isn't it? That you're just doing this every single day. So where where's the mindset yeah, coming three, from to get I, well, you
1: through? It's um, it changes it was it was either three or four weeks um the entire the entirety of that phase um mm. it's it's a couple of different approaches so on the external side it's prepping it's basically you know your habits and systems i e getting yourself so in the build-up to it being as physically prepared as possible so you offset that fatigue for as mm. long as possible and then while you're actually on there you know Going to breakfast and forcing that food down, you're almost checking the boxes on the external habits that are going to make it more likely that you will pass. So making sure you're getting the calories in, you know, being very aware of what you're packing, like food that you're taking. So as soon as you finish the march, I had like a set routine of um food, shakes, et cetera, that I consume. You know, when you get back, foam rolling in the evening, all of that kind of stuff to aid the recovery in your performance. And then the internal side. It's at the very core of it, and this stands for selection as, as an entirety and really anything in life. You have got that course has got to be more important than anything else to you in life. So, you know, you see it at elite level, and whether that's business, you know, music, um, athletes, it it completely ties into your identity and there's an intrinsic desire to go towards that end result. So you basically want to be that person at the end of it. So in the build-up to selection, I was already seeing myself as a special forces soldier. I was like using visualization, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, And I wanted to pass that course for the sake of passing it. I didn't want to, you know, the benefits that you get, so the better jobs, the better kit, et cetera, to me were kind of, you know, the icing on the cake were Mm. good, but I wanted to do that, to be a special forces soldier. I wanted to test myself to see if I was good enough. So I wanted to do that course for its own sake. And so I always say, I found the process of training for and going on selection as if not more in some ways, satisfying than passing it. And if you don't have that kind of Mm -hmm. attitude, you basically won't get through it because it's Mm -hmm. so hard in those dark times if you don't have that to call on that basically like, you know, you will kill yourself to get through it, then you won't get through it. And then on top of that, you can layer in different mindset strategies. Like for example, when you're out in the Hills, you just break it down to, right. I just need to get to this next checkpoint. Rather than think about the whole thing or even the whole day, you just break it down to the next checkpoint or even when it's on really bad days, right. I just need to get to that Hill. Okay. Now Mm -hmm. I'm going to get to that river or whatever it is, break it down into phases rather than trying to look at the whole thing right
0: yeah it's uh it's that's the mindset side of it is think it's just fascinating because i say i i know a lot of it is a process it's just following a process and i think in your um in, you mentioned i think maybe in one of your recent um newsletters was about um you know, it, the this video I actually saw was um, about the elite athletes who's, you know, it's like saying, all your, you know, your whole focus, your whole life is just on that and nothing else. So it's, I always think, I, I've actually written blog posts myself about saying, if you really want to be successful at anything, you have to become a boring person. Um, because, you know, there's no much else, there's no space for anything else to be going on in your life if you want to get to the very top of anything
1: yeah you have to decide and you know this is where that process has got to mean something to you 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 will only ever stick to a process of something if it ties into who you are hmm. and so it's really figuring out what's right for you and divorcing ego and peer expectations and society expectations from that because in you know reality it doesn't matter it doesn't matter whether you are a special forces soldier or you're a bank clerk or you're a nurse or you're an elite athlete, it just doesn't matter. No one cares mm. and success is subjected to all of us. But so many people get caught up into thinking they have to be a certain way or do certain things. And so they try and go towards that and they just hate it. They don't enjoy the process because it's not actually really who they are, or what they want to be doing. And so mm. you talk about that boredom. The only way you put up with that is because if it's almost not boring for you and yeah of course there will be times you know soldiering mm. and stuff there's loads of times where you just sat around and doing boring stuff but because it still ties into who you are and that the the um the identity overall it really resonates with you Well, it you still find enjoyment in those times where it's having a laugh or whatever it is but for other people they'd hate it you know equally mm. there's plenty of hard things that i couldn't do because I, I would find it boring and tedious and just hate it whereas for someone mm. else they'd love it so it's mm. it, really comes down to you need to know your path and you need to be honest with yourself when you're looking for that
0: hmm. Hmm. Um, just a quick question so i know you had uh, you already had some values before you joined the military but was there any values that you discovered that you weren't really aware of that the military pulled out things that you live by today
1: i think they just emphasized them um i was like you know the upbringing that i had i think that the values instilled from my parents, you know, grow up on a farm, hard work, doing your best, same in sport, you know, Mm -hmm. always striving to do your best, but remembering, you know, it is the process Mm -hmm. rather than the results that is going to define you. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, the ethos from the Royal Marines and from special forces. So the unrelenting pursuit of excellence, humor in the face of diversity, um, that, you know, Comradeship, they definitely stay with you. And I think, but I think the, the biggest value, and I suppose the military did bring this out, but it's come out more in the past few years, particularly in working with and coaching with people, is just the fact that everything's a process. My, my kind of go to mantra that I go back to is moving average. The fact that you don't need perfection to make progress, all you need to find is the small wins that will keep your overall moving average in the positive. Mm. And so just remember it. And that kind of does tie back into a military value around, you know, the, they call it no cuff too tough. And basically that is things are always going to go wrong. It doesn't need to be perfect, but we'll just give it a go. We'll just make it work. We'll just find a way as mm. opposed to, you know, just giving up and having that all or nothing or that perfectionist approach. Yeah.
0: Now what you mentioned that it, in the eighties action movies that kind of inspired you what i i didn't join the military but i did was i was hugely inspired by the movie um who dares wins because lewis collins was my hero in the 80s from the professionals and those tv shows now but that that was a, a very interesting uh movie the whole story is very interesting but on a project level that most of my clients are really struggling with and companies that i work with also struggle with is on a project level they when they have an assignment or a project they sort of they have these massive three or four paragraph you know like this is what we want to do and i remember with uh john f kennedy in i think 1961 where he said the station should commit itself to achieving the goal of landing a man on the, within the decade, landing a man on the moon and bringing him safely back to earth, which is absolutely fantastic because it has got a timeline and it's got a, a very, very clear goal. And I actually read, I think, Rust, I think his name is Rusty Furman. He he was one of the um, soldiers involved in the Iranian embassy. Uh, he's, he wrote a book about it and he said the instructions that they got was to release the hostages should all attempts at a negotiated release fail. And then it's up to them there's obviously a leader, but then, you know, the, go ahead and make your plan. How are you going to do it? And is that, I'm, I'm presuming that's a standard throughout all special forces, but is that something that you've now, it's kind of like embedded in your business life?
1: It's um yeah. So throughout the military, whenever you have a briefing for whatever mission, um, the mission statement is the only thing that's said twice. And it's usually a sentence long. You know, Mm. it's very, very simple. So, that and the point of that is if you remember nothing else from that briefing, every single person on the ground knows the overall mission. And so, there's they can always act in accordance with that. Mm. Um, and we've the I think the approach that we've extracted that to take to business is the more that you simplify things, the easier it gets to. To basically create great results, like the more we've simplified our business structure, streamlined things, oh, the stress just gets removed. Everything becomes mm. easier. So I think having a very clear goal that everyone's moving towards, and then yeah, you st- you obviously still need that overview and depending on the size of the project and that strategic overview, but I think trust as well. Giving people, everyone hates micromanagement. Giving people the trust that they can do their job, and allowing people to fail as well and learn from it is a huge part of leadership.
0: Well, you've mentioned, you um, know, I think it's in one of your recent videos. You actually mentioned about uh, fast is slow, slow is. Hang on, smooth is fast. So it's slow
1: is <laughs> slow is slow is smooth. Smooth is fast.
0: Yeah, and I, 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 it that that kind of resonated with me because you could anyone listening today could test this right now. You know, take a task that normally takes you 30 minutes and give yourself 10 minutes to do it and watch what happens. And, you know, you'll start making mistakes that you wouldn't normally make. Um, but if it's a repetitive task that you're doing over and over and over and over and over again, and you just slow it down, you can actually be faster because you don't make that those mistakes. And, you know, I know from the military when you the books and even movies that, you know, part of the thing that they do is how stripping down a gun blindfolded you know it's you know as you mentioned if you have a um if you have a jam on the gun when you're when you're in an operation you know you're gonna be able to fix that or else you're you're out basically so there are certain things that you have to be able to do in your everyday work life that you really should be able to do blindfold because that then is yes yeah, slowly is smooth smooth is
1: fast yeah, absolutely. Just, just Which comes down to building those, if you're applying it, I think, to the you know, to work side of life is building those systems that are mm. going to enable that. So having very, so, you know, the point with that, like you said, with weapons and weapon malfunctions, because you drill over and over again, doing those same, same things, it means that when you're under pressure, you can still quickly and effectively clear any jams or whatever it is, sort problems out. So then you're back in the fight and the same applies to life. So if you take it and apply it to business, building those really strong systems. So the repetitive tasks that need to be done each day so that when things do get stressful, when big projects come in, that doesn't fall apart. So you still have that foundation and because you're so used to doing it repetitively and you've made them smooth, then that continues moving forward. So like the, the foundations that keep the business ticking over and running always remain in place, no matter what's happening. Mm. And that's, that's so important. Cause so often when pressure does happen for a lot of people, everything just starts to fall apart and they're reactive. They're on the back foot and they never feel like they're in control, which then mm. you, you just create this negative feedback loop, basically.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Now, Something that I know most of my clients, most of my listeners, and probably even I, from time to time, struggle with is self-discipline. Now, I I know you're a, you're a morning person. You you wake up four or five o'clock in the morning, and then go and do something crazy. <laughs> um, well, probably not crazy to you, but uh, to a lot of my clients, I know that they you know, wake up at four or five o'clock in the morning and heading out, you know, in wet, rainy weather in in winter into the hills um, to go running um your dog by the way must be very very disciplined too
1: <laughs> <laughs> she's just trusting she just always comes i will caveat and say i never get up at 4am like five is the early. It's usually more like six but I, yeah take the point <laughs> right. yeah
0: um but w- where does that come from i mean how can somebody i mean maybe i mean you've had it instilled into you in the army i know it's fa- the army's famous for waking you up early and and going out and doing like hard things um but for somebody who hasn't had that background, somebody hasn't had that training, if you like, how can they develop that kind of self-discipline? Where, Because, I mean, I, I love your attitude towards it. It's like, I know it's cold out there. I know it's pouring rain, but I'm still going to do it. But how can, because I know, I mean, I know Tony Robbins has talked about this, which is like self-discipline is a muscle. You've got to train it. So how do you train to get to that level?
1: Yeah, there's, there's a few different things that tie into this. It's interesting the point in the military because it's it's worth saying. You know, I know plenty of people that leave the military. I, yeah, they just all that goes out the window. They get fat. They don't train. They go into the gym, and so this all comes back. Everything. Yeah, the key thing to take away from this: everything comes back to identity. You will mm. always, always default to the narratives of how you see yourself and you see the world. Always, no matter what. you... So if you're trying to force yourself to do stuff and you haven't addressed you don't understand really how you see yourself and how those beliefs affect your behavior you'll stay in the same patterns mm. and that requires honest reflection and introspection basically so you need mm. to do that work and you need to understand why it is that you're doing things so very, very sort of simple example you know the stairs versus the escalator on the underground or wherever it is making the choice to walk up the stairs is not about you know the calories you burn per se, it's about the choice you're making in line with your identity, you're essentially saying, I, I see myself as a fit and healthy person who chooses to take the stairs. And that's a very small decision, a very small action. But what that does, the if you think about all the tiny decisions like that in life, whenever you do that, you are reinforcing the identity of I am this person, even if you don't necessarily believe it in the beginning the more you do that you will start to become it and so if you take the getting up and training so i generally get up and i go and train whether it's at the gym or going for a run but a lot of the time i don't feel like doing that and mm. if you're if you wait to rely on fa- feelings when you only feel like doing things again you're not really going to make very much progress mm. towards your goals and so the way i get past that is is a, is a few things one It's starting with the identity, right? Well, I want to be that person. I see myself as that person, as someone who gets up because that helps my health. It helps me stay fit and strong. Okay, how can I make it as easy as possible for me to take that action? So it's removing as many of the excuse points as possible. So first of all, every session is planned out before I get to it. If you say, oh, I'm going to go and do a workout probably tomorrow... Your alarm goes off and you have to decide where you're gonna go, what you're gonna do, get your kick pack. There's too many points you just be like, fuck that. I'm just mm. not doing it. Whereas if the session's planned out and I plan, you know, everything from the warm-up to the cool down, every single part I don't have to decide, make any decisions around it at the time. My kit's packed. So my alarm goes off. All I need to do is break it down into those small chunks. It's like, right, I just need to get out of bed and brush my teeth. And then I just need to get dressed and pick up my bag, then I just need to get in the car. And I don't think about, I don't think about the run, I don't think about the workout, Mm -hmm. I just think about the next action. All I need to do is that next action, Mm -hmm. get to the gym. And then right, all I need to think about is the warm up. And then once I'm doing that, which is generally easy, my body, I'm starting to move, I'm starting to warm up, my mood will start to change, then only then I start to get into it and feel like doing Mm -hmm. it never like 10% of the time before that I actually feel like doing it when I wake up in Mm -hmm. the morning. And so if you're trying to build something like this, it's remembering that in the beginning, building the behavior is more important than your performance. So if you're starting from from zero, in the beginning, just be like, right, I'm just going to get up and put my kit on. And maybe I don't even leave the house. Maybe just get Mm. up and then have a cup of tea, but you're up at that time. And then maybe Mm. it's like, right, I'm just going to drive to the gym and do 10 minutes. And if I want to do more, great. But all I I have to do is 10 minutes. Mm. People never do that. A lot of people don't follow this advice because... A, they get into all-or-nothing attitude. They think it's mm-hmm. too simple, mm-hmm. um, and they get caught up in timelines. Like, oh, it's never going to get me where I want to be in eight weeks. Well, forget eight weeks. Why does it have to be, or whatever that timeline. Like, It needs to be a lifestyle anyway. It needs to be for mm. the rest of your life. The people who actually do these, who kind of follow that process of small incremental improvements, building the behavior, before they know it, they are where they want to be. Like, you mm. will get to the place you want to be far quicker by doing that than trying to just jump in and go, right, I'm just going to go and do an hour hit session. And Mm -hmm. people do that for like a week or two weeks. And then they're knackered, they're aching, you know, Mm -hmm. things come up so they miss a session. And so they just throw it all out the window. The more Mm -hmm. you can focus on small changes and building behaviors and habits that support who you want to be, the faster the performance will come and the, the results that you get.
0: Yeah, I remember the advice that uh, because running has always been my sport, and I remember the advice that you don't feel like running, just run down the road for ten minutes because you have to run back, so you've done a twenty-minute session. <laughs> I mean, if you choose to walk back, yeah. you can walk back, but you you don't. You always run back, and generally after ten minutes, yeah. you'll still go another five ten minutes anyway, and end up being a forty-minute run. Um, but it's that first ten minutes. Just just run down the road ten minutes. Turn around if you want if you really want to, but you don't. You keep going. So. Um, that's, <laughs> I, yes, you just reminded me exactly of that, that advice. It's, 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 it is, you're right. It's absolutely, it's, it's just do the small things and eventually it will start building, building, building. It's, um, it will so, compound. yeah, yeah, it does. So natural edge, I, I'm really curious because this is your, this is the business that you're running today and, and natural edge makes sense. Um, you know, the natural edge, uh, but where does that come from? Where, what does that mean? You know, the, the name of the company mean to you?
1: It's just funny. It's funny you ask that. We we spent ages trying to think of the name. It was actually a friend that came up with it. Mm. We were just because we were spitballing because we it was always going to be around mindset and performance. Mm. Um, and yeah, Charlie came came up with that name. We we're like, yeah, that's to be honest. At the time, we were like, ah, yeah, it kind of works. Yeah, it's good enough. Let's just get going. Mm. It's actually a good, good principle for business. And another big lesson that we've learned is not waiting too long to just push forward. Mm. Like if you. Our kind of rule it's sixty percent and go for sixty percent good enough right fine go, let's just move mm. and then we'll just use the feedback from that rather than trying to project forward what we think is going to be this perfect you know whether it's you're creating a website or you know a piece of work you're doing for someone just get it to good enough mm. and then get feedback on it because mm. you always need a first draft um, and so yeah the the name it, really it just tied into our ethos of. Performance, mindset, doing the small, you know, the habits that mm. make us as humans feel better and before, well, fulfill our potential.
0: Yeah. So you're working with companies and individuals or just
1: companies? Mainly individuals. So 90% right. is individuals. We do mm-hmm. work with a couple of, couple of corporate uh, entities, but no, mainly it's individuals that we work with.
0: Right. Right. And I've seen some of the things that you're doing as well. Cause you, you have like, I think it was a weekend that you did out in the countryside. Um, it, it's a limited number of people I see at the bottom of your, your emails, but um, it's.
1: That's yeah. That's kind of check. We, so we have done events before. Basically everything we do now is, is online coaching. So our mm-hmm. ethos is mindset's a set, mm. but m- most people don't treat it that way. So mm. You know, going doing an odd event or a talk or things like that can be useful. But if you really want to facilitate long-term change, you need a way to consistently implement the strategies that are going to create mm-hmm. that. It's we always, you know, liken it to physical change. You wouldn't read a book on diet and expect to lose weight. And yet that's exactly what people do in mindset. They listen mm-hmm. to a podcast or read a book or listen to a talk. But unless you have a way to practically implement strategies on a daily basis in the same way you'd work out your body, you are not going to see a change. You're like, If you think about it, it's bonkers to expect neural pathways or behavior patterns that have been embedded for years mm. to change that way. There's, there's mm. no way. It's not going to happen. <laughs> You've got to have a way to practically make that change happen. And that's really what we do. So we have a 12 week program where it's it's like a training plan like step by step but for mindset and performance as opposed for the body um Mm. and it it works it Mm. it, you know gets massive results because people finally treat it like that skill set um and make those incremental changes
0: i was quite lucky because in my teenage years i was a competitive athlete so i did middle distance and yeah i was the idiots that in in the winter doing cross-country running. I think I was the only person in school that loved it. Uh, And I did. I actually really loved those cross-country runs. But the thing is, I did that from the age of, I think, about 13 right through to the age of 18. Those five years was great formative years because I'm a teenager anyway. And so the disciplines of, you mentioned identity, I still see myself, even though I'm in my 50s today, I still see myself as a runner who runs marathons. I, I imagine myself at 80 and it's like, say, I've got to stay fit today because if i let myself go in 10 years time i won't be fit to walk down the road let alone run a marathon so you know my my thinking is i go for that run because when i'm 80 i don't want to to be struggling to get around i want to be out there running i want to enjoy my life right through to the very end i think yeah. i don't want to be i think i always hear that saying is i would hate it if he died peacefully in his sleep now i want to die kicking and screaming and just a real mess because then I've lived my life right to the very end. And um, yeah. I think that's in my head. It's like, it buzzes. It just gets me to that one. Um, so exercise is like, it's got to be done. And um, there's just one more thing. It's about, because I've been, I subscribe to your week newsletter. I think I started last year. It's absolutely brilliant. But something you mentioned, you were talking about this week, actually, which was about crazy busy mode and, and ready mode. And I really, it really kind of resonated with me because of time management and everything that comes into it. And the story you mentioned about Daria Long, um, you know, the house mm. flooding, uh, one-year-old uh, in the emergency room and uh, supposed to be doing a fundraiser. And you've got these, like, red, yellow, green, black um, levels of – I don't know what you – do you call them modes? Triage. Or? triage. Triage, yeah.
1: Tri- yeah, um, so it's tri- yeah, triage, yeah.
0: Mm. Absolutely yeah, brilliant because I a- know mm. – Sorry, go on.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. This is delay on it. it's <laughs> um, yeah. So it is, it's triage, and it's taken. You know, when I so Daryl Long's got it's a TED talk that's well worth watching, but it resonated mm. because you use so triage is a medical term, um, and we use it in the military as well it's to assess casualties and basically decide on this prioritizing action of who needs to be seen first and who can who mm. can wait. And she just applies that to life. And really looking at it's, it's, it's ignoring the noise and being able to or be able to cut through the noise mm. and look at what is actually critically important and what the bigger what the biggest movers are. And that's something we've actually implied with our business as well, because it's very mm. easy to get caught up in the noise of the little nif-naf things you need to do when really most of your focus should be on those critical tasks that are actually going to move the business forwards. And that's a lesson we we've learned over the years of Mm. not falling into. Yeah. Getting caught in that noise. Mm. And it's it's the same in the military. It's a lesson you take, you know, when, when you're in battle, they call it taking a tactical pause. And that's basically been able to step back from, you know, the noise and the the pressure Mm. of the fight and just take that strategic look around and make, Calm decisions based on that rather than just being caught up in that kind of, you know, constant reactive mode, which most people spend most people go through life and they just react, 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 yeah. as which opposed is causing that stress. Make... Yeah, make, yeah, exactly. Rather than mm-hmm. being proactive and making those choices, mm-hmm. decisions, and driving forwards.
0: Yeah, it's what I actually call the core work. You need to identify your core work. So for me, mm-hmm. I help people to become better organized and more productive. So, how do I do that? Well, I need to write my blog post, do my YouTube videos. This is my core work. I make sure it's blocked off on my calendar every morning. I've got some creative task. The menial stuff, I've got gaps in the afternoon. I take the dog for a walk, do the errands and stuff like that. That's fine. I can, you know, that's for that time. But that morning time, I won't sacrifice because that is basically my business. I'm helping people to become, you know, in a specific way. And That work has to be done. I can't skip that because that would be not doing my job, if you like. Um, But I'm lucky because I have a lot of control of my calendar. Uh, I know a lot of people don't, but I still always say you must understand what your core work is because that has to be done somehow every week. So, it, yeah, Yeah. when I read that in your newsletter, um, and I always – I just – anyone listening, please, 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 you've got to get into Simon's newsletter. I'll put the link in the show notes so that they can do it because it is brilliant. I love the stories that you put in there. And it really does. A lot of them really do just resonate because they do come around, you know, that mindset approach and dealing with stress and stuff like that. Well, thanks Simon so much for, for doing this with, for us today. Uh, It's been a real pleasure talking to you. And I'll also put link to the natural edge website so people can, can, join that so is there any other places Perfect. that they can find you
1: uh yeah so the easiest ones are i mean it's just the natural edge on instagram um youtube and obviously the website the natural edge.com and then simon Jeffries on linkedin so any of those places are good cool excellent well thank you so much for doing that So
0: before we end this podcast, I just want to cover some of the issues that Simon talked about in this, because I think some of these can really help you with your project planning and to get really focused on what's truly important to you. One of the things he said early on in the in the interview was having good admin and being squared away. Good admin essentially means that you know where everything is so that if you need it, you're not wasting time looking to find it. And this doesn't just include your car keys and and your bus pass or whatever else that you might have. It also means you know where your documents are, the work that you're going to be doing tomorrow. You need to make sure that that stuff, the documents, or whatever it is that you're working on, is ready the night before. So that when you start the day, you're not wasting time looking for this stuff. It's amazing how much time you will lose if you don't know where stuff is and being squared away, which essentially just means that you put things back where they belong so that you're not having to think about where everything is. And very, be very, very clear about who you are and who you want to be. This mindset is so important. Like, I see myself as a healthy, fit, 50 plus year old, and I cannot imagine myself being anything other than that. But the only way I'm going to be able to maintain that is first to be aware of that, and secondly, to make sure I'm taking action. Just small steps every day, even if it just means doing 25 press-ups a day and doing my stretches and so on. You know, just making sure you're doing something each day that meets with the identity you have for yourself. So I hope you got a lot out of this interview. It was certainly eye-opening for me. It's really helping me to, to simplify what my project goals are. It's like the mission statement, if you like. for A project should have a mission statement that is no more than one sentence long because that gives you the clarity of what you're trying to accomplish. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And it just remains for me now to wish you all A very, very productive week.